non-binary, where we will do just that. My name is Aladdin Firm. I am non-binary. I am also a singer, actor, tap dancer, dry-glesque performer, and really bad skateboarder. And I am M. I don't have nearly that many vocations. Uh, is that the right word, vocation? Sure. We're learning English today. <laughs> I don't have that many awesome titles, but I am learning to tattoo. So, that's... And I draw pictures. I think I'm pretty good at it. <laughs> so Really, really downplaying <laughs> to the lowest common denominator of what you do. Uh, I'm just amazing illustrative art and portraiture. And... For someone who's only been tattooing for what, like two months, they're they're stupid good. Thank you. What I'm trying. You're doing it. Thanks. <laughs> All right, what are we talking about today, Aladdin? Today we would like to talk about Trans Awareness Month and Trans Awareness Week, which culminates in Trans Day of Remembrance. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, so I'm a really bad queer. I don't read queer theory like I should, probably. Actually, that's not true. I Well, that it is true. I have a book that I've been meaning to read called Non-Binary Memoirs of Gender and Identity that I got at the Anarchist Bookshop because, of course, that's where I got it. Ooh, um, that's cool. Where is that in New York? It's in it's in Manhattan. It's called Blue Stockings, which is an anarchist and feminist bookshop, and it's all nonprofit. And everybody that works there is a volunteer. It's really cool. Yeah, I've only you know I'm a bad anarchist too. I've I've only ever been there once, <laughs> and then you know coronavirus happened. But yeah. it's a really cool book that I've been meaning to read, and I should probably uh. That's, sorry, I'm like rifling through the pages. It's edited by Michael Rajanov, I believe I'm saying that right, and Scott Duane, if anybody wants to check it out. I, I've read like the first chapter. I'm a bad queer. I don't read queer theory like I probably, I would like to. It's not to say that everyone like has to read queer theory. But I did not know until this week that it was Trans Awareness Month, and now I feel bad. It's all good. We're learning. I just wanted to pull up what GLAAD says about Trans Awareness Week so mm. that we can kind of give like a nice like start off and we can go from there. So the week before Transgender Day of Awareness on November 20th, people and organizations around the country participate in Transgender Awareness Week. It's usually about the second week of November to help raise the visibility of transgender people and address issues members of the community face. So a lot of time during the Transgender Day of Remembrance, they remember the trans people that have lost their lives during the year. And unfortunately, especially in the U.S., this has been a really, really awful year for trans people. It's an incredibly deadly year. There, there's been somebody that has died at least once a month this year. Wow. Which is really sad, and I would say majority, if not all, of the people who have lost their life this year are people of color as well, mm. or specifically black people. 
which is extremely sad considering the fact that right now in the U.S. we are trying to build more awareness for the fact that black lives matter and that yes. includes black trans lives, black disabled lives, black autistic lives as well. So it's it's been it's been a really crazy year and I think that we should definitely make sure that people are aware of this week and that we should be uplifting our trans brothers and sisters and siblings specifically ones that are, are people of color mm -hmm. yeah specifically the ones that are that are like you said that are non-white yeah because you know the truth of the matter is all all black lives matter all the time so mm -hmm. yeah i i it's it's sad to me of course that Oh, I mean, of course it's sad. Like, that's a very obvious fact. But that, you know, I saw a post that was like, you know, it is because of black trans and tr and non-white trans women that L the LGBT community has any rights at all. And yet they are the group that is the most marginalized. That's disgusting to me that we've not come very far at all in... 51 years it was 1969 yeah stonewall yeah. so i don't know i guess it it only seems right to to say the names of marsha p johnson and sylvia rivera who were instrumental in that movement and marsha p johnson was a black uh, self-identified drag queen i believe at first she went by black marsha but then called herself Marsha P. Johnson, and the P stood for Hey It No Mind, which was Correct. in reference to her gender, which I love so much. I mean, you know, I, I can say all day, like, oh my God, what an icon about so many different people. But I mean, I mean it in the most quite literal and most honorable sense, like uh, truly an icon for the movement and for for people who are on the fringe you know people who are marginalized and looked down upon mm -hmm. she yeah. did that for us she did she she started the gay lesbian revolution she as a trans woman and the crazy part is that when they started having marches and parades even like a year afterwards she was shunned and and nobody would let her speak and I remember seeing video of specifically like Sylvia Riviera getting up on stage and trying to speak like and people were blocking her from getting up on stage and then when she finally got up on stage all of these white cis gays and lesbians no. were booing her and no. it's just, she was just like fuck all y'all the only reason you're out here and not getting slammed by police not getting taken off the streets is because of me and Marsha. you guys should be thanking us yeah. for all of the work that we've put in sylvia rivera and marsh p johnson also had the star house which I'll have to remember the acronym in a second, but it was basically a house for trans sex workers, usually young kids who were homeless. And so they just, they got a, a house and they just opened up their doors to have homeless youth basically just stay with them. Yeah, which is incredible. Wow. So selfless. And, 
Yeah, it is incredibly selfless, and it's incre that's an incredibly hard thing to do. Like, Glit just got, uh, which is a trans organization that's run by trans women of color, just got... Yes their their house is it in new york or is it in chicago i don't remember uh, it's i believe uh if we're thinking of the same thing i believe it's in queens yeah yes 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 so um, they just got yeah, their house it's in queens new york i think it's in astoria yeah so i just pulled up the things so i said it incorrectly it's glitz because it's gay and lesbians living in a trans society that's what it stands and, for glitz yes. incorporated and they just bought their house um, to provide temporary housing to black trans people recently released from Rikers Island. Oh, fuck Rikers. Okay, so, I mm -hmm. mean, I don't know how political we want to get in here because we don't need we, we are screaming at the void. If you don't like it, fuck you. I mean, that's <laughs> it's like my politics. In the either. politest way. Yeah, I mean, no, in the most impolite way. Because, <laughs> because Correct, I, yes. Uh, because I know that my politics will either draw people in or they will drive them away. Well, that's fine. This is our podcast. It's this not our, theirs. This is our yeah, this is my, my politics but, aren't the same as yours, so like it'll be a we can even each other out. Yeah, but I feel like we align on a lot of similar issues. But correct. In yes, my do. opinion, uh, a cab. Fuck the police. Because yes. listen, so I've been to Stonewall like more than once because I live here in New York City. It's in the Village, as you know, everyone who lives here knows, and like. It's a cool place. Like, people still obviously, like, go there and hang out. And, yeah, it's a little bit of, like, a tourist spot because of, of what it is. But, you know, they sell shirts that say, like, where the gay began, I think, which is, like, kind of cool. But, you know, I've gone there for karaoke night, which is very fun, by the way. Uh, Ooh. Because, yeah, I mean, like, a lot of, like, theater gays show the fuck up and they show the fuck out. So when the world is not on fire anymore not a big dumpster trash heap go there if you get the chance but not the point the point is the reason that the stonewall riots happened is because the nypd lit the place on fire while people were inside now stonewall is as it sounds it's a stone building but there is one entrance and one exit and so I can only imagine, it's it's two stories, but I can only imagine, you know, the panic of being in a building that's on fucking fire because the police did that. Protect and serve, am I right? So, yeah. you know, it's interesting to me. I mean, maybe we can get into this later or we can talk about it now. It really pisses me off, too, that oh, this is a whole issue, how commercialized New York City Pride has become. It, it has been highly commercialized. There are so many corporations that are involved and the police are involved. And there are the police that march in the parade which I think is really disgusting, personally. I think it's really offensive, actually. And yeah. the NYPD last year on the 50th anniversary issued an official statement apologizing for that. I can't even call it an inc incident. It's an egregious act. And, you know, I, I, I was very clear in what I posted on, social, on my social media saying, like, this apology is 50 years too late. And... Yeah. 
an apology is not going to cover that. Like, you know, there like nothing was done towards reparations or making amends or any sort of accountability or harm reduction or, or wh whatever you want to slap on there. It just wasn't there. It was just, hmm, sorry. <laughs> what? Yeah, it's very performative activism. Yeah, it, well, it's slacktivism. Correct. And... <laughs> And it's just, I don't know, it's really, it's really sad. And there is, however, there's hope. There's always hope. There is the Queer Liberation March, which I didn't know about until I started getting into lefty politics. And actually, I was about to march in the Pride Parade when somebody told me, like, yo, why aren't you at, like, the Queer Lib March? Like, that seems more your jam. But there, you know... They're groups of leftists, from my understanding, and they are for queer liberation, and I think a lot of them are for police abolition. And their thing with Pride, I mean, Pride specifically, and I think all the time, but with the Pride March is no corporations, no cops. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I think it's especially odd that the NYPD would march in the Pride Parade, considering that they're the reason why. I mean, oh, it's about the, the people, the people of, of Stonewall are the reason why we have Pride Parades, but the actions of the NYPD were the catalyst, were the for catalyst sure. for it. So it is very odd. I understand maybe like, I don't understand, but I understand why other people would, would see the need for maybe having uh, police be on the outskirts, but absolutely not. They should not be, they should not be marching in the parade. Like, okay, cool. You're a gay policeman or a lesbian policeman or however you identify other than straight. That's weird i don't understand <laughs> i don't but i understand the fact that you want to like be like oh well i'm a queer police person yeah it's like okay but like presser more accessible yes yay. Queen. <laughs> like, what? it's just it's it's a very it's a it's an odd stance more queer oppressors Yes. Yeah, it's it's a very odd stance considering that like I don't I don't know like in a lot of the United States you can still claim like gay or trans panic and it'll be held up in the court of law if you kill or injure a gay or trans person it's still legal in almost all of the United States of America. And so to be somebody who is it's an authority horrifying. figure, yeah, it is horrifying. It's For somebody who is in the profession, which started with slave catchers, which is where, where policemen came from. Policemen weren't a thing before slave catchers were a thing. Mm -hmm. And for you to march in a pride parade, even your stereotypical rainbow pride parade with all the corporations, especially in New York... Go fuck yourself. This is not your time. If you want to go to the pride parade and you want to participate, take the fucking uniform take, off your take back. Take the badge off. Take the badge off and pretend you're not one for a day. <laughs> like, get the day off if it's that important for you. Or work the outskirts and realize that this is your contribution to society and that you do not, while you wear that uniform, you have no right to be anywhere near people who are living their their best life as queer people who have been oppressed by this country for centuries. I mean so I don't know. 
Yeah, no, I'm. It's ridiculous. 100% with you, I think it's ridiculous. Yeah, I totally 100% agree. I mean, like, uh, you know, I've marched in the Pride Parade twice, and I saw there are the police that work the outskirts. Yeah, and um, you can feel however you want about that. I'm not even gonna get into it. But some of them will wear like a button or a little ribbon or whatever that is the rainbow, whatever. And people will go up to them and thank them for their service. Man, come on, gays and queers. Like, we have to learn our roots. And, like, I really don't think we should be glorifying systems of oppression. I agree. Mm-hmm. Especially ones that oppress the people that brought pride to fruition. Yes. I mean, thank you for making us angry enough and now we have some rights <laughs> that people are now desperately trying to take away but yeah i don't know it's it's a it's very bizarre yeah yeah it is very bizarre it's a very bizarre time that we live in yeah so um, yeah i saw and maybe i don't know if we even want to talk about this because it's horrifying i saw a couple months ago that there was a group of trans women in LA who went out for a night. I mean, okay, yes, you can roll your eyes and be like, they shouldn't have been out because we're in a pandemic. Okay, I agree with you, but they went out to go, I don't know, clubbing or to dinner or whatever, and they were dressed up, and they were harassed and beaten by this group of cis men who mm -hmm. were trying to steal their purses, their phones, beating them in the street and people were walking by people were taking videos not intervening laughing mm -hmm. at them as like they were bleat like this one girl um i apologize for not having their names right in front of me but she was bleeding in the street they were threatened with knives one guy threatened one of the ladies and said like i'm going to kill you yeah and this is a reality that trans people face and it happens i mean almost in broad daylight like yeah. it was a very well lit very busy street and there were people out this wasn't some scary back alley and somebody happened to catch it on recording or security footage this was like it in in front of god and everybody and yeah. this is why we need to, to speak on these things because i think i don't know i think it's disgusting that we have to see videos of atrocities being committed to believe that they happen correct I don't know what no. other evidence to present people with. Well, it shouldn't take evidence. It's it's absolutely ridiculous. There's only about 10 uh, states in the entire United States. So there's 50 states if you don't live in the United States. And only 10 of them have banned the response to murdering someone. Literally taking somebody's life, ending their life. Only 10 out of 50 have banned gay and trans panic defense when in a court of law. That is disgusting. That is terrifying. It, so essentially what that means is in 40 other states, you can literally kill somebody and say, oh, I panicked because I didn't know what their gender was or I didn't know what their sexuality was. And that is legal. What? It, what? It's terrifying. Huh. There's mean, a there's a handful of other states where they are considering bans. 
I don't. So, which is terrifying. What is, what is the, what is the, I mean, well, it's transphobic is what it is. I'm like, what Correct. is that logic? Oh, it's transphobia. <laughs> like, duh. Yeah, it's transphobia. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's ridiculousness. It's, there are so many archaic laws that are still on the books in the United States. And I mean, thank God that, you know, HRC and all these other lawyers are starting to go through all these laws and are starting to fight them. They're fighting for our rights as queer people. They're fighting for trans rights. And like, here's another thing too. You want to be a law, a law person. You want to be somebody that fights against evil and against wrong. Become a lawyer. Don't become a police officer. Become a lawyer Please. Take on the cases. Yeah. Take on cases that help queer people. There are so many people that work specifically just with queer things. Like uh, my boyfriend just recently got his name changed to the to Ethan. And Ooh. he had a queer lawyer help him with the entire process. It's possible. You do not need to become a police officer to be queer and, and like do the right lawful thing. Like... Oh my goodness, we're getting off topic. No, I feel <laughs> I'm just like angry. Still important, you know. There, there is so little justice for trans people, and especially non-white trans people, as we know, especially within you know the criminal justice system. I mean, I know that you and I do differ on on some politics, but like that is one of my many big beefs with Kamala Harris is that she put trans women in a men's prison and most of them died if not all of them were were murdered in prison and I believe all of them were non-white trans women and that's what I mean too when I say all black lives matter all the time you know, there will be the people who say, like, well, if they were in prison, they must have done something bad. Well, it also doesn't matter. Like, human life intrinsically has value, at least in my opinion. I mean, that shouldn't be an opinion. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Opinion. But, you know, I, I really think that for your life to, like, no longer have value, like, I'm, I'm sorry. That's, that's just not a valid excuse. And people no. are put in jail for so many stupid things. Like, I'm I'm really sorry. And, you know, even, even after you've placed them in prison, you've stripped them of all autonomy, you're putting them in not great living conditions. Now they're in, they're part of the prison industrial complex, most likely, which is also a whole other topic I could go off on. And now you're subjecting them to severe physical harm that's wow it's like i know i keep using the word egregious but it's egregious yeah absolutely it's it's definitely a hard situation to be in i don't think that many people wanted joe biden from the get-go and unfortunately mm -hmm. we have him fortunately because we don't have trump Unfortunately, we do have the oh, the uneducated the the uneducated and very conservatively leaning left people supposedly, you yeah. know. 
But this is why I love politicians like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez because she is a politician in our government and she is still keeping these people accountable because everybody's gonna be like, okay, now that we've got Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, we're good. We have an Afro-Indian lady as a vice president. What an awesome first step. That's great in theory, but we still have to make sure that they make good on all of the promises that they made to get our vote. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, I think this is where where you and I differ. And me, I apologize if I just like drive all of our listeners away. But you know, I come at it <laughs> from I come at it from an abolitionist standpoint. And I think that you know, am I glad that if there has to be a glass ceiling that we broke it? Sure, but mm-hmm. I don't. I. I hate identity politics. I hate yeah. it. I hate 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 it. Because people then, in my opinion, use that to then say like, well, you can't comment on like what she did. And maybe I'll get some flack for this. Maybe I will. Uh, in episode two, <laughs> Aladdin <laughs> is getting spicy. But, you know, I really don't think identity politics like excuse people for doing bad things and now don't mistake me i when i say you know all black lives matter all the time and la 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 right this also means holding people accountable for what they've done mm-hmm. uh, and you know when and i mean that about every single person on earth no matter who or what you are you need to be held accountable for the harm that you have caused and that does not mean that you need to be punished, but there has to be some sort of process of accountability and then a process towards making amends or reparations in some way and also going forward with harm reduction. So do I personally have all the answers? No, because I know people are going to be like, well, what does that look like? And there's so much theory out there of what this can and should look like. And Man, I, I, I don't look. I'm not going to pretend that I have all of it. I'm just saying that that is what I think. But For yeah, sure. but I have been told like, oh, well, you can't speak on what Kamala Harris has done because you're white. And I'm like, man, but listen, I'm also queer. And the queer part of me is like, yeah, but I have to stand up for the other queer people, you know, and when you are of a minority demographic, you know, after a while, I mean, don't get me wrong, definitely non-white people have have it much worse, but depending on your situation, the state starts to look at you all as the same, as you're degenerate, and you're of a lower class, and we don't care about you. So Mm -hmm. the queer part of me has to speak up and say like, hey, that was really fucked up and nothing happened to her because of it. You know, she hasn't been, you know, do I think deplatforming people like really makes society better? In other cases, no, but when it's politicians, yes, because I don't like politicians. Like I said, I'm an abolitionist. I think they all need to go. But to your point, if we are to have politicians somebody like aoc who calls them the fuck out listen like if we do have to have them i'm glad that she's standing up and saying the things that need to be said yeah absolutely that was a long rant i'm really sorry (laughs) our listeners are gonna be like shut up (laughs) Uh, it's okay 
I definitely think that while we are while we are queer people that we're also white. We definitely have privilege. There are definitely Absolutely. a lot of things that we are never going to have to deal with that people of color will, especially people of color who are queer. I understand where I think I understand where the person is coming from where they're saying that we, they would rather us not speak on it if we are white or speak against Kamala, I should say, if we are white. My hope is that because Joe Biden has come out and say that black trans women need protection, that's a, a, that's a definitely a big step for him to say, considering yes. that yeah. his awful politics in his past, yeah. I'm hoping, I'm hoping that Instead of using words to apologize, which I, 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 there's just still value in words. Absolutely. I mean, we're doing a podcast, you know, <laughs> but actions speak louder than words. And I would really love to see both of them make good on the promise to bring protection for trans women, specifically trans women of color. Yes. I would really like them to put protections in place and make sure that in any portion of life that your gender identity is respected and honored, whatever the circumstances. I I think the jail system is absolutely corrupt and absolutely flawed, but people's identities need to be respected. And I really hope I really hope that that's not something that they just use to get elected. We'll see. Yeah. We shall see. Yeah, no, I I am I am glad that the fascist is the the outward fascist is out. Mhm. You know, I think our I think our government upholds a lot of what I would consider fascist policies like you've said about, you know, the 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 panic laws. <laughs> that's ladies and gentlemen, that's fascism. What happened at Stonewall? Ladies, gentlemen, and and those who don't identify as either of those, such as us. That's fascism. It's, yeah, I don't know. I don't even know what more I can say on that. It's just, that's, that is what it is. And we need to call it that. I think, and now maybe I'm just getting off topic too, but I think that is for some reason a word that people have, when people hear that word, they just say, oh, well, you're overreacting. No, no, like that is, that is quite literally what that is. I don't, I don't know. I don't know how to rectify that. I guess maybe we need to have more. Well, of course, we need to have better education. This is America. I'm talking about we need better education mm -hmm. just from the get go for everybody, for everybody all the time. Well, the time is now to, to challenge how we've thought of everything, to challenge the privilege that we have, that a lot of us have grown up with coming from white families and coming from privileged families, period. Yes. You Just because something sounds scary doesn't mean that it is. There are people's lives at stake and we need to get over a word in order to protect mm. lives. Like every, we have conservative people who are, oh, I'm pro-life. I'm pro all these babies. Okay. But some of those babies grow up to be trans people. Mm -hmm. Some of those babies grow up to be trans people of color and those lives need to be saved as well. And we need to be focusing on providing protections. We need to be donating to, to organization like Glitz that 
provide temporary housing for people, especially people who have just come out of jail. And we need to be voting locally and federally to protect trans people and and trans people of color. And that's something that you can do even before an election year. That's something you Mm. can do even before midterms. I know you're an abolitionist, but I'm going to appeal to the people who still are participating in government as it is. And you absolutely should be calling your your local politicians or your uh, state politicians about anything that comes up as far as trans rights. I say these people, but we are these people. We we deserve rights because all human life is precious. All human life is sacred especially those who are trans because trans people overcome a lot to mm-hmm. be able to outwardly be who they are on the inside. And I think that's why I feel so passionately about this because my journey with this has been so actually really pretty easy and I and I will say that and I stand by that statement. My, you know, I I've not had hardly under any like dysphoria really I tend to you know like my body the way it is we all have days where we don't like our bodies I think that's a very human thing but I'm also white I grew up in a middle class family and I feel compelled because people don't have what I have and for them to be treated differently of it because of it I mean, on just the base level, it makes no sense. And it's really fucked up. And, you know, I've, I have had people say to me before, like, why do you care? It doesn't affect you. Like, but it affects people I know. And not to be like, well, it affects me because it affects, but, but it, you know, it's the same. We're all connected. That's getting really existential, but (laughs) we are all connected and it affects people that I know and people that I love. So Mm -hmm. what am I supposed to do? Turn a blind eye? That's messed up. Yeah, and, you know, I agree with you. For those of you who do participate in in this political system, or even if you are, you know, more lefty like me, but you still feel the need to participate, yes, those are all, I think, valid, valid things that I'm brought up, you know? And I, I think, too, from my abolitionist standpoint, now, what I'm about to say, you don't have to be an abolitionist to do this because I think everyone should be doing this anyway. I think as a collective whole, we need to reinvest hyper-locally. I think we really need to focus back on like our immediate communities too. And I think, I don't know, this is something that maybe I should do for myself is look up to see if there are any you know, LGBT houses or organizations or whatever in my very community that I can either donate to there, you know, there are some NGOs that are sketchy, but I feel like it's pretty easy to suss out which are which. And also giving money to people or or money or goods to people directly. I think that's, you know, mutual aid has become so politicized now and people have been using those terms incorrectly, which is a whole other topic that I could just like blather about forever. But I'm not going to because I want to say this, which is if you know someone who's struggling, especially if they are non-white, especially if they are trans or queer, there are resources that they may not know about or just, I don't know, 
hit them up and see if they're doing okay. It's like really basic human interactions and basic empathy that really pull all of us through everything. I, I, I don't know how to say that better. Just, I see Venmo is always a thing too. Cash app. Cash app. I mean, use your hand sanitizer and hand someone a $20 bill. Like (laughs) put it in an envelope. Like, I don't know, because sometimes it's stuff like that that can, that can actually, you know, it can save lives, too. Even even acts of kindness, especially for trans and queer people. I've, you know, read testimonies from trans and queer kids who say, like, somebody was nice to me and it saved my life. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I know. As far as, like, donating to actual establishments within our communities, if you're in Michigan, the Ruth Ellis Center is wonderful. They provide temporary and a little bit longer than temporary housing for young, homeless, LGBTQ youth. They also have Ruth House, which I believe that's where they have longer-term stays for people. And they provide education. They provide safer sex materials. It's, It's just a wonderful, wonderful community. And you can also donate clothing to those type of places. If you have extra clothing, donate them to your local shelters, especially L- like local LGBTQ shelters, because those people, like, that's, that's one of the last places that trans people and queer people can go to if they're kicked out because of their family, if they lose their job, you know, that type of thing. So definitely do that. Social media is amazing. If you are a trans person that is in need, put your cash app, put your Venmo out there, put your PayPal out there. And I've seen so many people be able to raise money just for living. Mm -hmm. Like, obviously, if you need money for your transition, if you need certain surgeries, that's a wonderful way to crowdsource it. But if you if you just need lunch, fucking put your cash app out there. Put yeah. your Venmo out there. This is our community has be, I feel has become stronger and more close knit during this this pandemic. Yes. And we're will we're wanting to help one another. Even if it's just twenty bucks, queers really need to take care of one another, especially mm-hmm. with the dominance of the white cis gay man. Yes. <laughs> Uh, everyone sees the white cis gay male populace and thinks that that's what the majority of the LGBTQ community is made up of but we always have to remember the fact that our roots stem from Marsha P. Johnson a trans black woman yes who was murdered yes and she did wonderful awesome things with her life she would do sex work and then give the money to other mm-hmm. sex workers who were homeless on the streets. Yeah, she and like I said, Rivera lived on the street for a while. Correct, yeah. And I mentioned their house before. I couldn't remember what the acronym was, but it, it's Star House, which stands for, one of these words is not one that I would necessarily use, but it's one, it's their word, so that's why I'm going to say it. It's Street Transvestite Action Revolutionaries. Legally claimed so, transvestite. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the fact that somebody who is a minority within a minority, within a minority, yeah. <laughs> can give back in that situation, can, can do sex work to provide money for other sex workers, or to provide money for other homeless kids 
to keep these kids off of the streets while being in somewhat danger a lot herself. That is such an incredible and wonderful thing to 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 strive for and yeah. as white as white people within the community we absolutely need to step up to that type of level and we need to take care of our trans brothers and sisters specifically the ones who are non-white yes and m mentioned some some lgbt organizations there but uh you know being in new york city new york city has a lot of resources for lgbtq people and lgbtq youth you know i think that i should you know at least touch on them just like even briefly you know we have the we have the gay the lesbian gay bisexual and transgender community center there's the new york city anti-violence project which i mean they were recommended to me they really I believe help people who are part of domestic violence if I'm if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, they're a national coalition of anti-violence programs. We have new alternatives for LGBT homeless youth. You know, get involved in ACT UP. If you haven't heard of ACT UP, they're I believe if I'm not mistaken they're national or are they global? Oh, they're international. It's AIDS Coalition to Unleash Power. Um, international grassroots political group working to end the AIDS pandemic. Like they have, you know, roots here in New York City also. And I mean, shameless plug for a friend of mine, but a friend of mine, uh, his name is Eddie Crash. He wrote a song called Day by Day and he put it on Bandcamp and all, all of the proceeds, the proceeds from that go towards LGBTQ organizations here in New York. So, I mean, you know, there are ways to do it and ways that, you know, are like fun, even if that makes sense. Like, oh, you get to listen to it. You buy someone's cool song and that money goes to people. You know what I mean? Yeah, I I, I think that's what we mean by just like, you know, it's not, the Internet. Come on, man. Like we have we have the resources in front of us and I understand it's a lot and it's hard. And a lot of us are struggling for money now, but if you do have the means, redistribute that wealth or, you know, call up a friend who might be struggling. Do that even if they're not gay or trans or non-white, but especially if they are of those of those demographics. Another thing you can do for Trans Awareness Week is to watch Disclosure on Netflix. It's a wonderful documentary. Laverne Cox is in there, a lot of other trans women. There is a there is a trans actress in there that I had no idea that yes. she was trans and she's been in Hollywood for decades. It's crazy and she was like it's so wow freeing to finally be genuine and finally be able to be like I am a proud trans woman and I am an actress I am an accomplished actress and it's it's so wonderful to be able to celebrate her for that you should definitely watch it it was incredible they definitely touch on how trans people are portrayed in Hollywood it talks about cis people playing trans people mm. and how trans people feel about that. It's a it's a very incredible watch and it's not that long and it's in, it's incredible incredibly insightful. I really like it. 
Yeah, I saw I saw that USA Today put out an article that is a list of what movies and shows to watch during Transgender Awareness Week. Yeah, consume the media that portrays or employs trans characters and trans actors and doesn't use them as some sort of like weird comedy bit. I mean, they can be funny, but you know, use their transness they're as not, like they're the not humor the or that portrays them in you some know? sort of villainous way. Right. Right. That's awesome. Um, and it's a long list too. It's a pretty long list of shows, movies, yeah, and documentaries. Sure. And honestly, like, I think that's what I'm going to do. Emily interrupting real quick. So I fucked up this portion of the recording because I accidentally paused and then unpaused my mic. And so context, Aladdin is talking about their love for King of the Hill. Just a real quick note. You can bully them about that later. I definitely did. <laughs> Back to the show. <laughs> oh my goodness. No, I love that show. It's one of the best written shows on TV. I'm, hands I'm, down. I'm, I'm going to fight it. you and fight say me. Pose is really incredible. Defensive about and King of the Hill. They have an incredibly large trans cast in that. So try and fight me now. <laughs> Listen. That's not to invalidate. It's not to invalidate oh. Pose. I'm just saying <laughs> that I watch the same thing every night. I've, oh, I've watched all of I've watched all of King of the Hill once, and I'm cycling through it again. I'm calling myself out in that I need to branch yes. out and explore other other media, and especially media with people like myself in it. They do have a very positive, uh, in my opinion, it's silly but positive drag queen episode on King of the Hill. Yeah, it's lovely where Peggy Hill is mistaken by a drag queen for being another drag queen. Mm, that sounds fun. But yeah, you should definitely watch Pose. They are currently filming the newest season, so I'm super excited for those actors being able to be employed during this pandemic. It's incredible. It's, it's set in the time when the AIDS era was very prominent so it's definitely in your face. I know quite a few people who don't really even know about that era in the United States and this is a very good honest and very it's just it's very in your face and it expects you and compels you to look at these people's lives and see that they're human and see that they're just like you and I and we kind of talked mm -hmm. about like you know oh well like think about these trans people that that we know and that we care for but we need to be worried about also the trans people we don't know because many people think or are not aware that they're trans which I mean you don't have to I mean you know I think just to interject this you you know there's a whole thing about how people who end up being cis passing are seen as more valid. Everyone is valid. You don't owe anybody passable appearance. You don't owe anybody androgyny. You don't owe anybody anything because you are you and you are wonderful and sacred and worthy of respect and love. Yes. I want to bring that back. I want 
to elevate trans and queer people as as the sacred position that we used to hold in you know in ancient and indigenous societies people were seen as as being special and as and you are and even if you're cis like don't get me wrong that's not to invalidate you and say like fuck you i mean fuck you but fuck you <laughs> yeah <laughs> just kidding but no you know i nobody owes you anything i think that's gonna just be the through line probably of this whole podcast yeah absolutely well so i don't know if you want to if man if we want to wrap up we covered yeah. a lot we we screamed a lot and we said it very <laughs> non-binarily but yeah i i believe trans day of remembrance is on the 20th yes. which is in a few days you know we're recording this on tuesday november 17th sometimes i feel like it's worth saying it in the podcast but is on the 20th i don't know if this episode will be out by then but if you if you miss uh, trans day of remembrance this year you'll know for next year go to a vigil you know they're all over the place go to a vigil just be just be in that space i i can understand too it can be triggering or try you know it can be traumatic for some people but if you are uh not susceptible to that yeah go to something like that and just just take it in for a minute i think it's very sobering and i think it's humbling absolutely I thought it would be respectful to close with the names of the people that have died this year. Mm -hmm. And we want to uplift them and their families. Just in closing, if that's okay with you, Aladdin. That is more than okay with me. Okay. I'm just going to list off their names and then we will just say a quick goodbye. All right. Much love and respect goes to the families of Destin Parker, Nulisa Luciano Ruiz, Yampi Mendez Arrocho, Monica Diamond, Lexi, Johanna Metzger, Serena Angelique Velasquez Ramos, Leila Peleas Sanchez, Penelope Diaz Ramirez, Nina Pop. I don't know how to pronounce this. I apologize. It's spelled H E L L E. J O'Regan. Tony McDade. Dominique Remy Fells. Raya or Rhea Milton. Jane Thompson. Selena Reyes Hernandez. Brian Egypt Powers. Brayla Stone. Mercy Mack, either Shaki or Shaky Peters, Bree Black, Summer Taylor, Marilyn Casares, Dior H. Ova, Quisha D. Hardy, Aja Raquel Roan Spears, Key Sam, Arian Burnett, Mia Green, Michelle Michelin Ramos Vargas, Felicia Harris, Brooklyn Deshuna, Sarah Blackwood, and Angel Unique. All of those people died within this year, and this year is not quite over. 
it's very scary to see the amount of violence against trans women, specifically trans people and trans people of color this year. Like I said, we, we've released the outwardly fascist. We need to bully the inwardly fascist yes. people and of our government to... And we need to abolish that within ourselves as well. Correct. So if you are a trans person of color, specifically a trans woman of color, we love you. We respect you so much and you are wonderful and powerfully and beautifully made. And you're exactly where you need to be. And we hope that our alliance with you gives you some sort of comfort. If you want to reach out to us just to talk, you can message us for sure. Or we can point you to somebody who maybe would understand your situation better than us, but we're definitely open to just venting or even if you have comments or concerns about how we presented this and how we could have said this better, definitely mm. message us and we would love to give you a platform. So. Yes. Yes, if you would like to scream back at us, <laughs> please feel free to do so. For sure. All right, friends. Thank you so much for listening. We have been Screaming in Non-Binary. You can find us at Screaming in Non-Binary on Instagram and Screaming in NB, E-N-B-Y, on Twitter so far. If you'd like to send us a formal complaint, <laughs> just kidding, <laughs> uh, our email is Screaming in non-binary at gmail.com and would you like to say where people can find you if they want to see your artwork and just generally who you are for sure my instagram handle is emily craig art craig is spelled k-r-i-e-g that's me on instagram twitter and tiktok how about you friend Amazing. I am at Aladdin Firm on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. And I mean, I feel compelled. I should probably start giving some of my proceeds from my OnlyFans away. So I, I have some unemployment money. I will release a series on OnlyFans, but privately. And those proceeds will go to LGBTQ and trans organizations that I will decide upon uh, pretty soon. I'll put out, I'll put out a thing on my page. If you awesome. would like to participate in that, yay! Yay! Once again, thank you so much for listening. We hope you have a wonderful week. Bye. Bye.